Time is lost, and I don't know what week of quarantine we're in. And I don't care. It's been a weird week of sports. We've got 17-year-old boys to talk about, Jim Harbaugh sharing the master plan of God, a seven-footer hitting the transfer portal, and baseball considering the use of artificial intelligence. Oh, and of course, we've got your Twitter questions. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by the man who wishes people wanted him as much as Michiganders want to golf, Kevin Greck. Greck, how's quarantine treating you? Oh, it's lovely. I'm here with my, my Bud Heavy. I got a Bud Heavy over here. <laughs> the, genuine, the genuine deal. Um, not the yeah. genuine draft, though. No, of course not. But it does have genuine, so they're trying to they're trying to draft off that. Ooh, um, and uh, yeah, it's fine. I don't even know what day it is. I don't know where I am. I don't know <laughs> what's going on. Uh, but we're recording another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, and all of those poor people in Michigan, Northern Michigan, small towns, can't be saved with the commerce of fleeing. Uh, uh, Oakland County residents going to their second, you know, their their summer up north homes uh, during quarantine. Like economies are collapsing all over the state of Michigan because Oakland County blue hairs can't get up to their their lake <laughs> houses. It's terrible. It's truly terrible. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the UP, please don't come and kill us. <laughs> yeah, that is one thing that I'm going to remember about this whole thing. Um, this whole episode is that most of the complaining that I'm hearing isn't coming from <laughs> the truly the affected. It's yeah. coming from people that are just like, I'm not used to being inconvenienced and I don't <laughs> care for it. Well, uh, speaking of inconvenienced, uh, we would like you all, or we would like to thank you all for inconveniencing yourselves with our voice. Uh, if we could ask you, please inconvenience others by sharing the pod with some Spartans in your life. Give us a follow on the old Twitter machine at Spartan underscore pod. And of course, rate, review, and smash that subscribe button to Can't Read, Can't Write. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah. And Kevin, we have some big news on the sponsor front. Huge. I mean, this is a colossal announcement. I mean, this is it. We this genu- is the Genuinely thrilled to announce Fraser's Pub, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Packard Street has opened back up today. For to-go orders. Yeah. So every day from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m., you can order to-go from Fraser's Pub. What you need to do, what you need to know, uh, and I should have Googled their phone number, <laughs> though <laughs> I, I trust you all can figure out how to Google, uh, you should call them ahead or use Uber Eats and place your order. You can pay. They would appreciate it, though it's not required. Very much appreciated if you would be willing to pay over the phone so as to limit contact. Um, but they have set up a sort of pickup window in, on their front patio area. Mm. And uh, excitingly, because they've got pretty solid bar fare in terms of food, um, but if you need something to wash it down, they got bottled beer to go. Mm. What's up there? Hmm? Mm. Hmm? And they have a, a solid, uh, as we've mentioned many times before, they have a solid tap selection, but obviously you're not getting tap here. So they, they keep a solid stable in the bottled 
in the bottled. Uh, and you know what? Maybe in the weeks to come, we'll highlight a beer that's that's hanging out in the cooler for everybody. Yeah, maybe the Bud. I don't know. So I'm, there you go. I'm having an all-day IPA right now. I think they that's, got those in the, in, in the fridge. That's beautiful. So get mm-hmm. that Reuben. You know, Pat Williams, get yourself a Reuben. We're back open to business. I mean, this is this is it. I mean, what else could you ask for now that you can get uh, get Fraser's Pub takeout? I mean, yeah. It, I mean, it, for whatever it's worth, because I know people are, are, you know, to the extent they can in their budget, trying to support local businesses. The 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 folks who work at Fraser's, this is this isn't like a, a rotating cast of of servers who are in and out these people have made a career there genuinely. And so if you get a chance to go in, it's a great way to support a local business, a Michigan business, um, and, you know, support the staff that's there. I uh, would encourage people to continue tipping would be the other thing I'd say. Yeah. So. That's great. Uh, and maybe, you know, they'll chisel off a little piece of the wood paneling, drop it in your bag for you. Uh, <laughs> if you ask nicely, if you tip. Top a, top a burger with it. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, you want that crunch with the burger, the burger just... a la panel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Greg, do you want to tell folks uh, who maybe for some reason have really hit rock bottom and are joining us for the first time what the structure of the show is? Me? Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I know. I'm putting the people the structure I'm of the put- show. I'm putting you on the spot here. All right, structure of the show, fantastic. First, we hit you with the green wall. We're going to talk football. We're going to talk basketball. There's some recruits this week. It goes in there. Then, next thing you know, we're going off Grand River. We're talking about other items in the topic of sports. And I've lost (laughs) my cursor and I can't scroll. There we go. Now I'm scrolling again. We're going off Grand River. We're talking about other things going on in sports. Baseball's got some proposals. XFL stuff's going on, but you probably already know a lot about that. Jim Harbaugh, we kind of uh, talked about that off the top. Then we top it all off like a Frazier's burger with some wood paneling with the Twitter questions right at the bottom. Week is this week three or week four of the Twitter competition? I think this is week four. Week four. Um, yeah, because we we kind of jumped halfway into a month and did, then decided, you know what, we'll just uh, we'll make it a month long competition, but you know we'll we'll have it kick off in earnest with a new month coming up in uh, May. May is next, right? That's the. I mean, does it matter? Are there months <laughs> anymore? I don't want to go spoiling anything, um, but I also don't want to go bearing the lead. Glaring omission. In this week's uh, Twitter questions, the whole thing is up for grabs. We'll just say that. Huge, huge omission. Huge omission. So, Even tagged the person to try and remind them. Oof. So, so here we go. Jonesy, Greenwald. Yeah. We talked about recruiting a couple weeks ago. You gave me the reins, and now I'm just running with it. <laughs> you just um, straight up. We talked about the recruiting. Show. There was a question in the Twitter questions: Who would be the first football player to formally commit to the Mel Tucker era? Um, you know, there are some caveats to this, but we had it this week. Uh, would you care to tell us about three new recruits since the last time that we recorded? Yeah, so uh, we we picked up a, a young man by the name of Davion Prim, who is a running back out of a three star running back out of Oak Park. Um, Davion has a, 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 look; it, they're all in high school, so who knows where things end up. But 
Davion is an interesting prospect for a couple of reasons. One, Oak Park, Michigan, uh, has a historically solid program. Um, he has a fellow classmate who's a four-star recruit that Michigan State is in on, and he was the first. Yeah. Um, that is a, a big leap of faith and, um, you know, has, has shown some leadership qualities already. Um, and, you know, it, it reminds me a bit of the, the class we don't like to talk about, the 2016 class. Yeah. Um, but Messiah DeWeaver was a, uh, a, a big leader in pulling that class in. And so sometimes it, it takes one recruit who is really bought in to be the messenger to his peers. And Davion seems to be in that mold. Um, like I said, three-star running back. God knows I don't care about the stars that much. Um, his other offer, his it, one of his other big offers was Colorado, which was under uh, Mel Tucker's you know previous regime. Um, but is an exciting kid seems to be working a lot on uh his hand eye coordination is what i read which is intriguing in that maybe he doesn't see himself necessarily being a running back at the next level sure. um he wants to be a playmaker so whether that's you know returning kicks um running out of the backfield sliding into the slot whatever he he seems to have some hustle to him which is exciting the next commit we picked up Kevin, feel free to chime in anytime, but was one that we needed to land. Um, Ethan Boyd, playing at East Lansing High School, offensive tackle, uh, had a, a, a solid um, offer list in that it was, it, there were some schools that we'd been losing to, mm-hmm. um, including Cincy, but dude is a mountain of a man. I think he's... Uh, His six, measurables seven. are out but, of control. Like, yeah. <laughs> unreal and, uh and if coach cap the new offensive line coach uh has shown anything so far with his offer list is he cares a lot about the measurables because mm-hmm. i think in his mind he he thinks he can coach anybody um and so ethan boyd was a big get because he was right in our backyard and that's not someone you should ever lose right Indeed. So these two guys, both of them had what I've characterized here as Mac plus offer list. We've talked a lot about recruiting peer groups. Um, and these are pretty good, you know, somewhere, something that I expected to see at the beginning of the Antonio era type of offer lists. Then most recently, MSU got a commitment from Gabe Spidey Neely. Uh, Spidey is probably my favorite uh, nickname for any recruit yes. ever. Yeah. That's fantastic. I don't know. Do you know the story behind that? The etymology uh, of Spidey? I don't. I don't. D- did you pick it up? No. Um, I just know that he's got Spidey as his Twitter banner. Um, 6'4 safety out of Miami, Florida. And what I've characterized is a Big Ten minus offer list. So like your Minnesotas, your Nebraskas, uh, that type of thing. Uh, got a Louisville in there. You got a Vanderbilt in there. Kentucky. Um, Kentucky. Cincy. Yeah. So I, all of these are three-star guys, but I mean, happy with the offer list on all of them. Um, now, my understanding is that Gabe, first off, love to have another guy on campus. Yes. Gabe. <laughs> it's um, not the same thing. Has Gabe been to campus? I heard that he had a virtual tour, but has he physically been here? 
so his recruitment is actually kind of fascinating. No, he is not. Okay. Um, so uh, Mel Tucker and company closed the deal after a two-hour FaceTime call um, with Neely and his family. Uh, Neely met with all 10 assistant coaches and four supporting staff. And here's so interestingly, Neely's coach was a little bit in his ear and saying that, you know, a relocation, there's no harder test of a person. And actually as someone who you can probably relate when the, you know, you moved to Chicago, but when you make that first sort of jump all on your own, Mm -hmm. that is, that's tough. It's, it's a big leap of faith. Sure. Um, and so to be, 18 and doing this is is pretty impressive um Mm -hmm. but was what was interesting to me is that apparently mel tucker made some promises to mr neely um actually when i say mr neely i mean to gabe and and to an extent his family which is that he promised that the coaching staff wouldn't have any loyalties to any athlete and that the best player will start regardless of experience um and so if true that is a a bit of a departure from the Mark D'Antonio yeah. era. Maybe um, not what Mark D'Antonio held in theory, but what he ended up holding in practice, certainly it's a departure. Yeah. Uh, and then he made two other promises, which are, I, I'd be curious your take on. Mm-hmm. One is that Tucker said he also set a goal to get Neely to the NFL in three years. Okay. Um, and he promised that Neely's education would be paid for even if he doesn't finish his degree later in life. Wait. So he could go to the NFL and that his scholarship would cover him coming back is, I guess, what he meant. Well, MSU does have scholarships for returning athletes, um, but I I think they're informal. They're not through the... um, They're not through the athletic department, I don't think. I think there's a fund that you can donate to. I think our friend Jer Bear probably has more insight on how that whole system works than, than we do. Um, so a couple of things that stood out to me about Gabe Spidey Neely. One, I think, again, this could be a mark of a changing of the times uh, of MSU fans, of what we've come to expect from recruiting. D'Antonio had a long beeline-esque process for recruiting that ended with the commitment and that was always very clear like don't commit to me until you're absolutely certain and as a result there was very little churn in the recruiting class once the commitments were given i do wonder i'm not saying this about our friend gabe spidey neely in particular i'm thrilled to have him on board but i wonder if as a result of the situation right now, MSU football needs to take a lot of commitments from guys that probably have not been to campus. I do have a concern that maybe we will see a little bit more churn in this recruiting class, not just in the recruiting class itself before signing day, but then also once they get to campus, um, whether there's going to be a a larger than usual portion of transfers. Again, I'm speaking generally. This is not about Gabe Spidey Neely in particular. I'm just wondering if that will be one of the side effects of this whole process that has to play out. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the recruitment is fascinating that you landed a guy who is 1,500 miles away and has never been to campus. Mm-hmm. I do think that says a lot about Tucker um, in, a, in a good way. You're not wrong, but I would also say that, um, you, you know, there's this, maybe you don't, but, you know, on Twitter there's a thing going around, and I'm sure it's on Facebook and other things, where someone posts a picture and they number, it posts uh, several pictures together, and they number each one, and, and you know, you got to pick some number of them as a thing. Yeah. And there was one about uh, which coach would you rather play for? And it was, you know, like Saban, Dabo, maybe it was Ryan Day and um, Ed Ogeron. Um, and uh, Neely quote tweeted it and said, Mel Tucker, question um, mark. Mm-hmm. So he at least, you know, I think one of the reasons we joke about 17-year-old boys is that there's a bit of women being a teenager. And so a lot can change and certainly no one can can hate on somebody for that. But he seemed he he got all in right away. So whatever Tucker's doing to close the deal is um, impressive. Um, so it you know last week there was consternation about whether we would get recruits and how this this class would turn out, and in a week, how much has changed, and that's pretty great to see. Yep. So you want to head to some basketball? Yeah. Speaking of transfers, um, MSU basketball. Now we talked about this also last week. I decided that there would be one basketball transfer and you said none. So Brandon Burke <laughs> listened to the episode Brayden. said, Brayden. Brayden, pardon me. That just goes to indicate how much <laughs> playtime he's had. I'm sorry, Brayden. I'm sure you're a great guy, but uh, listened to the episode and said, I prefer Greg to Jonesy. I'm going to make sure that he's right and uh, entered the portal. Um, so Brayden, thank you for your service. He's he would have graduated, right? If there was such a thing in 2020. Sure. Um, yeah. This is a grad transfer, right? Yep. Um, but his last game of the season, he played one minute against Minnesota. So the the situation with the roster sort of made it difficult for him to even get garbage time. Yeah. So this is probably a uh, a good choice for our friend Braden. Um, yeah, I mean he's he's seven foot, seems to have some touch around the rim, and and can shoot a bit of a jump shot, and so he will he will probably find a home somewhere where he can start maybe a grad degree, and um, you know it, it seems like he wanted to get his degree from MSU, mm-hmm. knew what he was doing, and did that, and then um, now realizes he has enough physical gifts, you know, <laughs> that you can go play somewhere somewhere will take you to to play hoops for a year and yeah uh good for him and he's we, got great practice film so <laughs> weirdest promo that i've ever seen no we're ha- um, he's a spartan we're happy for him uh i think this move makes sense yeah um also have a note on here uh, want to chat about fake tourneys because okay. uh, the results don't really matter to me, but there's, there's been a handful. So, um, you know, the sort of, uh, the gurus over at 538.com, um, you know, ran, a, a, a simulated tournament. Um, Joe Lunardi did a simulated tournament. Less a guru. Less a guru. Um, yeah, 538 had math. Joe Lunardi did whatever. Um, <laughs> You know, some other people have been doing them or or just n- not even a simulation sometimes, but just kind of a narrated one. Mm-hmm. And 
Michigan State has won a number of them. And I, I, I know there was a bit of joking about whether we should hang the banners. Um, and, and I'm not here to get into that. But I, I guess I'm curious if, if you've had any emotional kickback over the last week or two. Because for me, it, it seems to have hit me again that I'm just freaking sad. Yeah. I I haven't these have reminded me a lot of like you know when college basketball personalities or the former president of the United States will fill out a bracket and they choose MSU before the tournament and I get all excited um and then as we all know listening to the podcast MSU hasn't won a national championship in 20 years so um I have a similar level of reaction with those things in the past. Cause it's not been uncommon for like Billis or Seth Greenberg or someone to, to pick us to win the national championship. Um, so it, it doesn't really like make the loss of the season wash back over me again. I do get the feeling of excitement that, you know, Oh, this service or this person thought that MSU had what it took to win it all under those under the circumstances um but it doesn't like rekindle my sense of loss i could be in the minority there i just i get kind of excited when i see those types of things um but you had a different emotional response clearly yeah no i i guess it was um it it it, it wasn't like um my my emotional response isn't any different than it was when I was genuinely tearful when the, when the tournament got canceled. Yeah. Which is to say that I was really sad for the kids. Um, I, I feel sad that, uh, Cassius Winston had games in front of him, games Mm -hmm. and games in front of him and they were just gone. And, and now, yeah, I guess it is a little bit more selfish that that it feels a little bit more like a collective moment that was lost. Um, I, I mean, I'm fine, uh, but it just I had kind of I thought I'd made peace, and then you see some of these things, and it just creeps back up on you. You know, the the MSU put together a a one shining moment uh, montage video, and that you know just kind of hits you again about as we said all season, this team is just so GD likable. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it, you, I'm just sad that they're gone. You know, <laughs> like I, I just, it, they were, they seem to be such really good guys, mm-hmm. really amazing basketball players and, and great ambassadors for what it means to be a Spartan. And I'm, I'm just sad they're gone. That's Absolutely. all. So, uh, I totally agree. Should we, we don't have this on the outline, but should we segue into MSU social media right now and how it'd be killing it? Yeah. I mean, this is not a basketball topic, right? Yeah. Are we talking about the football? I mean, we can talk about whatever you want. I mean, I, when I was getting ready for recording, I got an alert on my phone that Mel Tucker just released three MSU football Spotify playlists. Um, Oh, I missed that. Oh, my God. So, like, can you imagine Mark D'Antonio releasing a Spotify playlist? Because I cannot. No, and, and you know the the graphic um, that we talked about, I think, last week? Of, yeah. Um, you, Got you knocked saw, off. 
yeah, some Virginia Tech fan ripped it off for their recruits. Um, the you know they have a little gif uh, for whenever a recruit is about ready to announce. It's like mm-hmm. a bat signal they send out that is just so. I mean, and the the basketball team is releasing recipes and workouts like. MSU social media is, is killing it right now. Mm-hmm. Just killing it. So um, playlist one, pregame playlist, features heavy dosages of Meek Mill. Uh, DeBaby's on here. Um, Holy Grail from Magna Carta Holy Grail's on here. Uh, Little Drake. Let's see. You think, you think his kids put this together? Shh. Isn't the rumor, <laughs> isn't the rumor that his wife runs the Twitter account? Um, she, she's straight fire. On the game time playlist, we've got more Jay Z Kanye. Uh, Run this town's on there. Uh, we got drop it like it's hot. We got Old Town Road. Um, we got some. Migos. Are you just gonna read songs? No, I'm I'm looking through these. Uh, and then post game, Chain Smokers. You know, because Mel Tucker, huge Chain Smokers Coldplay fan. So maybe that one's not quite as good. But the rest of them are fantastic. He's got the Chainsmokers and All Around the Watchtower, the Hendrix version, on the same playlist. So he takes well, you're not risks. You're not doing the Dylan version. <laughs> I mean, Bob Dylan's songs are best known for being done by other people. Being taken by others. Taken yeah. and kept by others. Um, so speaking of social media, social media as we record is all ablaze because um, one, Josh Christopher... Uh, is supposed to announce a commitment um, either to Michigan or Arizona State. And he was supposed to announce it a while ago and has not. Okay. Um, so as of recording, I guess I would just say for those who are wondering maybe why we didn't comment, um, it's because he hasn't commented despite saying he would. I think maybe an uncle got in his ear or something. We also might not have commented because he's not relevant to well, MSU. So. Anyway, uh, Greg, with that, let's get into this week's Not a Sponsor. Who do we have? Yeah, this is exciting. I mean, it's been a crazy sports week. Um, not all of the stories have been great. And of course, uh, NASCAR is in damage control. So they approached us. Um, Naturally, want- where do you go when you want to say... Uh, I care. You kind of yeah. can't read, can't write. That was, yes, exactly. Uh, so we're really thrilled to announce uh, Can't Read, Can't Write is not partnering this week with the NASCAR Diversity Initiative, letting you know that we thought about it this year. Our promotional <laughs> material will always feature a person of color if indeed one is immediately available. And if not, we will Photoshop in someone from Getty Images but removing the watermark is a stretch goal. So NASCAR wants to remind you that they'll also catalog any instances of overt or implicit racial bias in their organization in their annual report titled, Yikes! (laughs) Of which one copy will be made available at NASCAR Head HQ um, in a, a room somewhere. So one Someone's paper, desk drawer. one paper copy available. So, uh, so NASCAR, because NASCAR 2020 is committed to pretending to not be the brand that you know they are. So can't read, can't write and NASCAR partnering up 
for racial diversity in the sport. And we're thrilled about it. <laughs> you mean not partnering up? Want to be very clear. Not partnering. Not partnering. Uh, Greg, let's head off Grand River and let's start with Major League Baseball. Yeah. Um, because uh, there's been some news out about some preliminary discussions about how to have the season. Yeah. And they are insane. Well, um, modern problems require modern solutions. <laughs> so, um, first, why don't you explain to folks maybe the proposal that's um, being less seriously considered, though still considered, which is to to split the league into uh, two divisions, a grapefruit and a cactus league? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it sounds like they want to split the entire league based on where you do spring training and then you were explaining this to me the games will actually take place on compounds in those states is that correct yeah so i know this because my folks are in scottsdale arizona and and so you know there are a ton of minor league or not minor league i'm sorry a ton of spring training facilities there Mm -hmm. um so they are uh very nice um summer rec league stadiums i mean very nice like it, it, i'm it's not just like two bleachers behind home plate like the, right. it's a it's a thing um but you know you're admittedly going to spring training ball like you're not watching the real deal so uh apparently in arizona um there are enough fields that uh they feel confident they could we'll get to the other proposal but they could run a whole season just out of the Scottsdale Phoenix area. That's amazing. Um, but so, yeah, the the one proposal you're talking about has teams split based upon where they do the spring training, which would mean that you'll have a combination of AL and NL teams mm-hmm. uh, in the same division. So Yeah, they're throwing away all the divisions, they're throwing away all the conference alignments, and they're doing it entirely based on spring training, right? So the yep. grapefruit and the cactus leagues? Yes. Is that correct? So, yep. So in Florida, in Arizona, everyone will have a DH. Um, it, it's an intriguing proposal. Uh, the other one is that they'll just do everything in Arizona. Uh, either way, the players will be forced to live pretty much in a hotel room alone for the entire season and will be brought out merely to play baseball. Um <laughs> The the proposal for the Arizona League is intriguing because there will be some rule changes. So first, it will be seven-inning doubleheaders, um, which would let the the league come close to its 162-game full season. Okay. Um, the Instead of players actually communicating close to each other, there will be on-field microphones that players can use which will provide a nice bonus for TV viewers. Um, I, I'm picturing this like like a concert microphone where it's just a stand in the middle of yes. the outfield. <laughs> yes. And they can walk up to it and they can be like, <clears throat> is, it, is this on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, my testing, ball. Testing, I got, testing. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> um, players not on the field or in the batter's box will be sitting in empty stands standing at least, or, you know, is sitting at least six feet apart um, instead of using, utilizing a dugout. Uh, the catcher and pitcher, or I'm sorry, the catcher and the pitching coach will not be allowed to do a mound visit. Mm. And interestingly, 
MLB is considering implementing an electronic strike zone, which will allow the plate umpire to maintain sufficient distance from the catcher and the batter. It's a slippery slope. Yeah, because as, as soon as you do that, there is zero reason, zero reason to have an umpire calling balls and strikes ever again. Dude, if I were the officiating union, I would die on this hill. This is such a slippery slope. Oof. Yeah. Because th- next thing you know, the league's going to be like, sorry, we really have to speed up, you know, gameplay and mm-hmm. waiting for umpires to call balls and strikes just took too long. And all that th- and all that arguing. Yep. So. I don't know. I don't know. I might uh, do everything you can. Umpires union to get rid of that thing. Um, I, what do you think about all of this? I think they don't need to rush it. I think they could do this stuff in their current stadiums. I, I, I mean, I get that they're trying, they're trying to reduce travel is what yeah, they're trying to do. You wouldn't have any travel with this, right? Um, I mean, I guess, but it, it feels a little bit like you're, it feels like you're treating players a little bit too much like a product. Yeah. Um, I don't like the feeling of forcing them to stay in a, in a hotel room all year or all summer and then like trotting them out there like they're gladiators or something. Well, that's the thing. So is this voluntary? Because, you know, all of these players have contracts with teams. Is it a voluntary thing? Is I think it, if they want to get paid. If you want to get paid, you have to do it under these circumstances. I mean... We were talking about this before the show. If you look at the quality of life for most people right now, you get to play some baseball, I guess. You get to make some money. It's not potentially the worst thing of all time. You're away from your family. That could be very difficult. Or a pro. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah. Or it could be a boon. To- <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not saying I feel that way because I don't. I want to be very clear that I don't feel that way. But, you know. For some of them, they may enjoy getting out. But I don't know. Actually, it just sounds miserable to me. It sounds genuinely miserable. Yeah. I don't know. I'm also dubious that this will end up happening. Because it's like a lot that you'd have to put together. But you'd be the only sport on TV. So... And there's something to that. Yeah. Um, Baseball has its chance. It it sees, you know, there's a little crack in the door and it wants mm-hmm. to take advantage. Speaking of sports, not on TV, let's talk about the XFL <laughs> very briefly. Um, the XFL filed for bankruptcy. That's about how long the XFL existed. Yeah. Um, notably their largest creditors are their head coaches. Um, plus some stadium leases. Uh, the XFL's number one creditor is the new Meadowland Stadium Company, which uh, is the owner of MetLife Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. It, the number one creditor um, is the St. Louis Sports Commission, um, and uh, which owns their stadium leases, uh, or one of their stadium leases. So, um, RIP XFL. Yep. Yeah. Um, you, you were doomed the second Connor Cook didn't start. Yeah, you did this to yourself. You brought this on yourselves, Vince McMahon. You pile of human excrement. Um, yeah, 
Speaking of, uh, <laughs> so there goes our pivot to an XFL podcast. Yeah, there it is. Unless you know, we could still do it. You know, just wait for XFL round three. Would be the first one. Yeah, uh, I mean, who? Maybe they reorg. Who knows? Um, but I can appreciate that they were anticipating cash early on, and it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of crazy. Let's mm-hmm. talk some Jim Harbaugh. Well, we've gone to considerable lengths to avoid politics on this podcast. So let's talk about Jim Harbaugh's thoughts on abortion, shall we? <laughs> uh, well, so let's first tell the That's folks not what what's happened. Im- yeah. So Jim Harbaugh is on the National Review podcast, correct? Which Yes, with a, a college buddy of his. A college believe. buddy? Uh, does his college buddy write for National Review? Yes, um, he does. Okay. Um, so if, for those that might not be initiated, National Review is A known. childhood friend, I'm sorry. I was going to say, college would be a bit of a surprise. Uh, what's the name of the gentleman that started National Review? What's his name? Uh, Bill Crystal. Nope. What's important is that National Review is sort of known as uh, like one of the you know leading intellectual pieces of the political right in the United States. So just the function of Jim Harbaugh being on a podcast for that publication was is it Buckley? In, yes, William Buckley. Thank you. Um, is inherently political and a bit of a surprise. Um, and then they were talking about various subjects, including coronavirus and how I'm guessing Jim Harbaugh thinks that it's a pox brought by God on, onto the world. Um, he mentioned at the end that, um, well, I'll paraphrase that, uh, he disagrees with the concept of abortion. Yeah, no, actually, why don't we, why don't we give him the full, full due, uh, that his quote is owed. Mm -hmm. Um, He says, quote, even now, as we all go through what we're going through with COVID-19, I see people more concerned about others. That's a nice sentiment. Yep. More prayerful. As I said, God has virtually stopped the world from spinning. I don't think it's a coincidence. My personal feeling, living a faith-based life, this is a message or this is something that should be a time where we grow on our faith for reverence and respect for God. You see people taking more of a view of sanctity of life, and I hope that can continue. I hope that continues and not just in this time of crisis or pandemic. And lastly, abortion. (laughs) We talk about the sanctity of life, yet we live in a society that aborts babies. There can't be anything more horrendous. So COVID-19 is from God. Yep. God is doing this not by coincidence. Correct. Sanctity for life, abortion. It's very significant. I mean, if this is indeed a biblical plague, uh, are we, I mean that, anyway, um, you brought up a good point in all this in that we don't even have to touch on abortion as a political concept. We can comment on the fact that large groups of people that usually have an issue with celebrities or 
um, athletes or other members of the sports media having an outspoken reaction to something political have a very significant backlash. Uh, the shut up and play crowd as you characterize them. And the shut up and play crowd has been suspiciously absent in this case. Um, (laughs) I'm not hearing any boycotts yet of Michigan football. Uh, I'm not hearing anything about how Jim Harbaugh, uh, you know, you could never go and, you know, see another Michigan football game because Jim Harbaugh will be there. I'm not hearing anything about how Jim Harbaugh should focus on coaching his team and scheming to get to the Big Ten championship for the um, first time. For the first time ever, uh, it's it's been curious to me um, the reaction from a uh, a group of people that usually think it's so important to leave politics out of uh, these inherently political times that we're in. Um, and, uh, and, and uh, I'm not, they're, they're not here. They're, they're yeah. not reminding Jim that he needs to, you know, mind, mind his uh, business or whatever. And what in the world is more political than abortion? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I may think that, uh, his beliefs about why COVID-19 is here are a bit um, mystical. Um, yeah. But, you know, I my initial thought was that, you know, and, and was that Jim Harbaugh should just shut up. But then I realized, no, 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 nope, nope. That I can't, I can't have that opinion because I believe that people should use their platform however it is to to advocate things and and hopefully change minds which is why i have zero problems supporting the athletes who who took a knee during the national anthem and mm-hmm. and because no matter your political belief um it is important to engage people and bring light to subjects that if you if you feel like you have an opportunity to help educate people then then i think more education is better um, I would like those to be backed up by facts, generally speaking, but you know, um, I'm not going to trample on someone because they may or may not have a political leaning that is different than mine at all. Um, I, I will meet them on the merits, but not on, um, on the fact that they have a platform that I don't have. So what I would like though, <laughs> is for those folks who are in the shut up and play crowd to, to maybe, be consistent. Yeah, uh, maybe not just when it's a black man who's saying something. Um, if you want to, if your political belief is shut up and play, then it should be that, not merely when a viewpoint conflicts with your own viewpoint. So, um, and and I say that as someone who took a beat to realize that I can't be hip- hypocritical here, and so I just would encourage everyone to. Um, uh, not shame Harbaugh for talking if if you disagree with him because that's you shouldn't do that. Um, he had a platform and he used it, and and good on him for I guess doing that. We right? should have uh, we yeah I agree. I also think that we should approach National Review about doing a, a sports podcast crossover with them. That um, would be um, I'm sure riveting conversation. <laughs> um, they seem like real sports guys over there. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Sports guys and gals. Uh, I don't need to gender it. Um, so anyway, uh, we got anything else for Off Grand River? Uh, I think that's good. I think we covered it. We got a little Harbaugh. We got a little XFL. We got a little baseball. I mean, what else could you want? Let's, let's hit the Twitter questions. But let's, first, a word from our second sponsor. The, and this one's a real sponsor. If you weren't here for last week, we have two very real sponsors uh, from now on, and or at least until we get canceled by one of them. For, for um, the moment. <laughs> by yeah. when we have them. So I want to let you know, uh, we, uh, you know, these are economically uncertain times for sure, but the good news about that for anyone who who's in a place uh, to take advantage of it is that mortgage ro- rates are at their lowest ever, like literally ever. And so if you happen to be on the market to buy a home, we want to we want to refer uh, our listeners over to a dear friend of ours, Brandon Sands. Brandon is a mortgage loan originator who has closed over 10,000 loans and works for one of the largest mortgage lenders in the country, guaranteed rate. Brandon sets himself apart because he has a consultative approach. You know what that means, Kevin? What does that mean, Michael? He drinks on the job. So beautiful. uh, Brandon will sit down with you and will take a holistic approach uh, to what your short-term goals are, long-term goals are what your credit history is, financial situation, and then take all of that information, discuss it with you, and cross-reference it against the products that are available to pick one that is right for you. And that offering, that service that he provides is zero commitment on your part, free of charge. It is a genuine sit down, let's talk about my money and what kind of money you can get me so I can buy a home. And if you happen to be in the market, we would really encourage you to check out Brandon. Give him a call. You can find his information at rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. That's R-A-T-E dot com backslash B-R-A-N-D-E-N-S-A-N-Z. And uh, Brandon's a good dude. We would really appreciate it. If you happen to be in the market, give him a shout. Uh, he'll take care of you, and please let him know that Can't Read, Can't Write sent you. 10,000 loans, man. That's a lot of loans. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. Uh, he's been doing this for a while and is, I mean, uh, seems to be pretty good at it. <laughs> Bro, that's a loan a day for 30 years. That's a lot of loans. That's, uh, yeah, uh, it is. You, you close multiple in a day. Yeah, right? Shh, shh. I'm just trying to play. I'm just trying to give it some, like, some context, you know, I'm trying to like give like 10,000 is such, a, is such an abstract number that I want to like break it down in terms that we can all understand. Trying it to is build this up, trying to improve the bit. It has all the gravitas of an ancient wood paneled bar mm-hmm. that is an institution. Indeed. Rate.com um, slash Brandon Sands. And genuinely, if you tell him that we sent you, he will crack a beer and drink with you on the job. Perfect. Um, so with that, Kevin, let's hop into Twitter questions. Yeah. Um, and let's start with a, uh, I would describe as a surprising surge. Um, Sawyer like Tom, it, for those who don't know, we've decided that we're going to power rank our Twitter questioners. Yes. And we've, we've gotten math into it. Actually, Kevin, do you want to explain really quick, very quickly what the process is? Sure. Uh, so each week we do an accounting of all that week's Twitter questioners. There's going to be an individual week's power ranking, and then we'll use that in conjunction with the existing power rankings 
to update the master list, the master power link ranking list. Um, in that accounting, in the math for that, uh, current week is highest weighted, and then previous week and then entire body of work are also considered. So um, from week to week, pardon me, I got distracted with the uh, with the beer opening there. Natch. From week to week, uh, you can always greatly improve your station in the Twitter question power rankings because, you know, what have you done for us lately? That's the most important thing here at Camry yes. Can, right? <laughs> so um, we have, what is this? Is this, we've got two more weeks after this? Yep, um, two more weeks. And then there will be a, uh, a gift card prize at the end of it. Indeed. So this week is great. This is basically we're setting the tone and now the next two weeks, things really kick into high gear. Next week is critically important. And then, of course, the following week is the most important week of all uh, to get your Twitter questions in. So individual, again, just to recap, individual week rankings. And then we use that to, you know, in combination with your body of work to determine the master list, uh, which will be published on Twitter Wednesday, right? We've been doing it day after, basically, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday. And okay. importantly, um, the person who creates the the week um, the week of list alternates from week to week. So it is Greg's turn this week. He will he will create a list. I will review it to make sure that it is um, you know generally in a, a space that I would agree with. And then, yeah, then it reflects both of us. Yeah, and then and then that's how it gets decided. So next week I will decide, and then. Keep this in mind, Grek has the last week, so play to his strengths. Yep. Um, but with that, let's kick it off with Sawyer Like Time. <laughs> Sawyer Like Tom. Uh, she says, uh, think I should go for a midnight scream on my own once final week. Uh, all right, let me just start over. Think I should go for a midnight scream on my own once final week starts, or would it piss my neighbors off too much? Keep in mind that I live in one of the least fancy burbs in the Detroit area. <laughs> If you're in the least fancy burb, give it a scream. Although, do be, pre- be prepared if the police get called. Not on you for making a ruckus, but out of concern for you and your well-being. Um, Is this a tradition you participated in? The the yell, the midnight yell yeah. during exam week? Yeah, I did it in the dorms. Oh, I never did it. Oh, I, hmm. I guess Case Hall was just too highbrow. <laughs> Yeah. In the, yeah, in the projects, we scream at midnight. But in but case did you do it hall, after your freshman year? Uh, I don't know if I if I was on campus at midnight, I'd be in the library where I I don't think screaming was tolerated, but uh yeah. So you you were too buried into Nietzsche or whatever to be bothered with a Love me some Nietzsche. So. Um next question from Sawyer like Tom. Uh Grek what seems like the most and least appealing part of parenting Jonesy is Greg right? Uh, okay. So, uh, um, the most appealing part of parenting, I think is planting the seed of misinformation and then watching it come <laughs> out and flourish later in life for the child. Like you just tell them something that's wrong and they believe it because they trust you implicitly. And then years later, they will do something dumb because they believed you all that time ago. And then you get to just re-enjoy that moment. Um, 
That seems like the best part of parenting. The worst part of parenting seems like right now there's nowhere for you to hide from your children. <laughs> um so I will answer this in earnest. Uh, you are wrong about most appealing part. And I would say um, for me, so I'm at 17 months. Um, the most appealing part is that the amount, the amount you love your child is unfathomable. And so the moments where you get to make your child laugh or smile um, because it, I mean, it is the most messed up relationship in the world, right? Like you are at their whim. And so when you make them happy is the greatest feeling in the world and not happy, but when you, when you spark joy, um, least appealing part, you're pretty spot on. <laughs> um, right now my son is going through a sleep regression and so he's doing something called nap striking, nap striking um, is that what the mommy just, blogs call it naps striking? yeah which is to say that he's striking from naps um and so it is just like if someone drove by the house they would think we were murdering a child <laughs> because if he goes down for a nap it is terror um that sounds awful yeah um next question what has been the most struggle bus meal you've made under quarantine or are you those people who suddenly find your inner chef uh, definitely not the latter. Um, there's definitely been times where I've opened up the cabinets and the refrigerator and found that I'm living in a food desert and we have to like <laughs> scrape something together. Um, yeah, our meals have definitely not been in, an improvement at all. What about you? Um, so as people know, I'm, I'm holed up with my in-laws right now. And as an attempt to sort of pay rent, if you will, um, I'm trying to cook for everybody three ish nights a week. Um, so I have found my inner chef. Um, it helps that we have more hands on the baby. Um, but, uh, I did. <laughs> so last night I made a, for, you know, for Easter Sunday, I made a, um, a ribeye roast and um i went to go make a thyme a jus and uh poured red wine in there in the pan and it generally like it looked like a murder scene it just splashed all over the place <laughs> from the heat i mean there are two dots on the ceiling in their kitchen and the amount of shame and guilt i felt for that was immense i i think i'm still apologizing for it so it just exploded, huh? So no yeah. red wine into the hot pan. Got it. Nope. Bad idea. I um, was never going to do that to begin with, and now I certainly won't. Yeah. So um, uh, next question from Sawyer Like Tom: Who's the most famous Spartan player, coach, etc. that you've ever had a conversation with? Or if you aren't quite that cool, the most famous Spartan you've been in the immediate vicinity of? Um, so for me, it is uh, it was not a conversation other than I said. Hey, can I do it? Um, Justin Abdicator was at the Riv with the Stanley Cup and was letting people drink out of the Stanley Cup. Pretty good. Yep. So that was my best. How about you? Everyone's got an Izzo story. Um, so we'll kind of leave that one off. Um, I used to, I don't really like approach the athletes that much. Um, do you watch games near anyone interesting? Uh, yeah, that's definitely happened a few times. 
Um, the one that immediately comes to mind is I used to be in Wells Hall with Kirk Cousins all the time back mm. when he was my third choice for quarterback of the MSU Spartans <laughs> back when it was Nick Foles, then Keith nickel, then Kirk cousins. Um, so I, I never with Foles. I get that with Foles. Yeah. I never, I was like, Oh, there's third on the depth chart guy. And now, you know, he signed the, the biggest at one point, the biggest contract for a uh, quarterback in the NFL. So, and beat Michigan four times and that, and that. Uh, next up from Sawyer Like Tom, I made the mistake of showing my toddler all three Cars movies. What's an underrated kids movie that I should show him to try to get him off the worst Pixar franchise? So this is an underrated, um, but uh, The Incredibles, uh, my my son's obsessed. And though I think we're finally phasing out of it. He's gotten into Cars. <laughs> uh no uh i tried cars actually and he did not care for it but he's gotten into pbs lately um, oh whoa yeah yeah he's into the sesame street molly from denali uh some other things um but i would try the incredibles sure. it may be more violent than you care to show your children um but they're actually pretty good movies so there's that uh um yeah. Next up, what's the best and worst candy to find in your Easter basket? Oh, oh man. actually, let me just add uh, the Monsters Inc. Uh, couple, uh, they're they're fun too. The anyway, franchise, but, big yeah, Monsters yeah. University fan over there. It, it's not bad. It's not bad. That's anyway, great. best and worst candy to find in your Easter basket. Uh, I like a Starburst jelly bean. They're fantastic. I don't know Whoa. if you ever had one, but they're great. What about you? Uh, so best is for me just the Reese's eggs. Um, yeah, like the big ones. And then worst hands down anything peeps. Oh yeah. Peeps are easily the worst. Um, are you not concerned about though with the Reese's eggs that the chocolate to peanut butter ratio is off significant. It's significantly different from the peanut butter cup ratio of chocolate. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. All right. Um, and final question from Sawyer Like Tom, which is the better pickup game, horse or around the world? Horse. Easy. I'm a thunder and lightning guy, but of the two, I will take horse because around the world is, is less good than, all, than the other two. So, yeah, horse, horse, you get to make people make your shot. Yeah. That is, that is a more interesting game inherently. Ooh, I wonder if you could do a beer pong version of horse. And, and there's just like the, the power of it. Just the, the power of it. You know, around the world, it's just like, shoot there, shoot there. But horse is yeah. like, oh, I made that shot, and then you didn't. Yeah, H-O-R. And, you know, when, you're a, when you're a three-star recruit with a, or a, a, a one-star recruit in a three-star body, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you live for that moment. Strumming my pain with your fingers right uh, now. <laughs> Nate C. Yeah. <laughs> Go first ahead. up, first up from Nate C, Michael Jones. If they do a staggered release, younger people first. Will the boomers listen? So we we hop right into it with Nate C. Nate, I'd ask you, are the boomers listening now? Yeah, I mean, the, so we did this think, right off the top, but the amount of complaining about golf and not being able to go to your lake house, second home, like just the generational wealth of people who never got taxed for anything. 
oh my God, my parents are probably grumpy with me right now. Uh, like just, you know, who's not upset? Like I keep being told that this is ruining the mid Michigan economy. You know, who's not upset? You know, who I'm not hearing from all those people there that don't want you to bring your Oakland County COVID-19, you know, cases because they know how thin the healthcare is available in large numbers of those areas, huge portions mm-hmm. of that area. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. it's just, I will never forget this. Um, next up from Nate C, if you could live anywhere and in any type of housing, what would it be? Oh, you're really making me test my value here. Um, mm-hmm. So, ooh, 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 ooh. This is, give me a second. You go first. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, uh, I'm going to go with converted missile silo for type of housing, but I want it <laughs> somewhere not in the middle of Idaho or wherever they, they usually are. <laughs> um, converted missile silo in a town worth living in. Uh, are you ready? Yeah, I guess. I mean, this is tough cause I, I was thinking about California and, but then I was like, oh, the traffic. Um, but I, I know Nate's in California. And so the one nice thing is there are parts of Southern California where you got mountains on one side of you and the ocean on the other. So if I'm being honest, that's probably what I'm doing. And yes, I just complained about people with institutional wealth and want it so bad. Okay. Total hypocrite. Next up from Nate C. Uh, Nate C. Pardon me. What strange item from childhood do you own or wish you still owned, but not because of its worth, not because it's worth a lot of money, but just valuable to you? Um. So this is dumb. I have a um, a piggy bank uh, that is uh, this bear in like a football sort of uniform thing. Um, what? I, I don't know. It's ceramic. I don't know who gave it to me. I think it came from, maybe it was my dad's. Um, and it, it's weird. I, I really value it quite a bit. It's, it's just like something that's stuck with me from a very young age and, uh, it's not worth anything, but it just is, means something to me. Yeah. Mine's Mr. Bear. It's the stuffed animal that I imprinted on as a child. Um, mm. It's like the only thing that would bother me if mom's house like burned down, you know, and obviously, and she's okay and all that stuff. But like of the things that I <laughs> still have there, that's the only thing that I'd be like, oh, there goes Mr. Bear. Um, <laughs> I have a stuffed dog named Bill that uh, I tried to get Blake to imprint on. Didn't bite. Maybe yeah. I'll try now. He's, he's obsessed with this Mickey doll right now. You can't make it happen. It, ha- it just no. happens by chance. Y- you mm-hmm. can never tell what it's going to be. Yeah. Next up, Nintendo or Sega? Uh, duh, Nintendo. Obviously, Nintendo. Yep. You're an idiot if it's Sega. Yep. All right. Unsubscribe Ski- from the podcast if it's Sega. I don't want N- you here. Go. Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, skiing or snowboarding? Obviously, skiing. I'm not some border urchin piece of garbage. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised we are person. so aligned on this. It's skiing. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, next question. Where's your favorite place to vacation in Michigan? And once you get to the UP, what do you like to do first? Or is the implication of this question that you, your favorite place has to be in the UP? 
I believe that is the implication. Yes. Have you ever been to the UP? Once don't really remember it. Um, is Charlevoix in the UP? Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, so I've been to the UP once then. Charlevoix is upper lower. Uh, I have been to the UP loads of times and you're not exactly going to dinner. Um, that's not the thing that you're looking forward to. Like, I don't know, recreational vehicles, get the four wheeler out. Getting the four-wheeler out doesn't appeal to me on a day-to-day basis, but when there's very little else to do, it's like bonfire or four-wheeler. What do you want? And I'm going to choose four-wheeler. So I'm not going to pick the UP because I've been there once and I don't really remember it. Um, So I'm going to have to say the Traverse City area. Okay. And it's my, the first thing I'll do is probably, um, hole up in CT and CTC's basement. Um, there you go. Like, like a real creep. Yeah. I was going to say, it was nice of him to invite you. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) The real Uh, answer to this question is any lake house anywhere on any inland or great lake. That's all I need from the state of Michigan. Um, I'll I'll ask this question of you, Michael Jones. I know one of you used to be a lawyer. Where did you get your law degree? Uh, It feels like someone's trying to find me on LinkedIn. Um, (laughs) But I got it from uh, Temple University. In Philadelphia. Class of 2013. 13. Damn. And finally, from Nate C., which major hiking trails have you been on so far? How long do you spend on them? Any additional plans to hike them more? So this is, Nate, you kind of struck a a nerve here, uh, unfortunately. Uh, Mike, care to, yeah. care to so, answer Nate's question? Uh, Nate, this week I was supposed to be leaving for a five-day, four-night four trip uh, through the Grand Canyon. Um that is obviously not happening, but the major trail that I've been on is the AT, and I have done the AT in uh, four states now. Um, I don't particularly care for it, though, um, and I do plan on hiking more of them. The one that I really want to do that I kind of hope to do next year, but I'll probably do my Grand, Tra- Grand Canyon trip next year, so maybe it'll be a year after, is uh, the John Muir Trail which is Sequoia to Yosemite National Parks. Um, but I will definitely hike. Um, uh, why is the mountain not escaping me? You know what I'm talking about. The tallest uh, mountain in the contiguous United States. That one I'm going to do. Starts with a K. Anyway. No, not a K. Mount Whitney. Mount Whitney. Yeah. Anyway. Great work. Yeah. Next up is Go MSU Butt Boy 69. <laughs> What is your quarantine meal of choice and how fat have you gotten because of it? So uh, I don't really have a preferred meal of choice, but we did get a Costco pack of macaroni and cheese before all of this uh, came down. And I think we've used a few boxes of that. Although (laughs) I, I think my snacking and my portions are down since quarantine because like I said, it's been, you don't have weight to lose. It's been food deserty here at times, so uh, I have not gotten fatter since quarantine. If anything, I might have lost a little weight, potentially. What about you? Is there something um, you keep reaching for? No, it, though there, I'm not typically a dessert person, but there's been f- way more of them accessible. 
Um, but my quarantine meal of choice would be if I wasn't here, um, pizza rolls and I would be very fat because of them. <laughs> and what, and what, uh, varietal of pizza roll is this that you're reaching for? The only one, uh, anyone who picks cheese is a moron. That's um, true. It is pepperoni all the way. Yeah. If you um, prefer cheese also unsubscribe from the podcast, please. <laughs> Next up is Anthony Garvert or Gervit. Garvert? Garvey! Yes. Uh, Anthony uh, first asks, pick your Marvel superhero starting five. All right, let's alternate. Let's go back and forth. We'll we'll make a top five. And the first one is obviously Spidey because Into the Spider-Verse and Far From Home were fantastic films and Spidey's just the best. Go ahead. Um, I think your three-man is uh, Wolverine. Your three-man? What about number two? Well, I'm just, I'm not picking a shooting guard. I'm picking a, I'm picking a wing right now. Oh, so you you were doing this as basketball positions? Okay. Starting five, yeah. Well, Wolverine is very, very short. So I don't know how he works he's on the basketball jumps. court. And he's and like Shannon Brown, brother. He's going to get too excited at some point, and the claws are going to come out, and it's going to puncture the ball, and everyone's going to go home and hate him. So <laughs> you're sticking to it. Spidey's the one who's the shooting guard. Someone like... I don't know. Someone that's got incredible range and accuracy is too. So, um, what's his name? Who's got the bow and arrow? Uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye is a two. Um, we're going to put like the juggernaut at the five. Um, who's a, who's a good slasher. We're going to put Nightcrawler at the three. So we're, we're going like major X-Men slash, uh, Avengers slash I think I think crossover. Yeah, I think you gotta go like um, uh, maybe a uh, a Wonder Woman at four. Okay, so you've oh no, she's Marvel. DC. I'm so yeah. sorry. I'm gonna put oh. Reed Richards in there at the four because he can get really big. He can stretch out because the Fantastic Four still exists. Everyone, <laughs> they're still out there. Um. And someday they'll get incorporated back into the MCU. Uh, next up from Anthony, what is your one go-to album you're always able to listen to beginning to end without getting tired of it? Ugh. Um, this is a really hard one for me to pick. Do you got one? I've got three, actually. Um, Discovery by Daft Punk used to be like when I road tripped. I road tripped a lot more back in the day. Always threw that one on. Um, more recently, I'm going to put, um, well, not that recent anymore. Uh, dark twisted fantasy by Kanye is fantastic from beginning to end. And probably my single favorite record of all time is rated R by Queens of the Stone Age. What about you? So it's an EP, but Childish Gambino's EP is amazing. Um, I can listen to the few number of songs just over and over and over and don't seem to get tired of them. Um, as for an album, oh my God, it is. You're not going to go reveal yourself as a mid aughts boy and say like, you know, arcade fire or something like that. No, it, no, actually this is actually an easy choice. Now that I think about it, the blue album by Weezer. Oh, that's a good choice. Yeah, that's a that, good I choice. mean, just 
bangers on, on bangers. Um, yep. 20 years from now, Anthony asks, who will be regarded as the better point guard, Cassius or Mateen? Um, well, I'm going to choose Cassius because I think for a couple of reasons, the memory of Mateen will have faded a little bit more, but he'll still have the natty. I'm going to say Mateen probably actually, because he's got the natty. The natty does a lot for you. Yeah, I'm going to go Cassius. I do think weirdly the what would have been will stick with him. Ah, oh, yeah. Um, the three back-to-back Big Ten championships, um, the 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 pain that he played through and um, it successfully played through, um, and the fact that he was on teams that were just so freaking likable. I, I, it seems hard for me to to take players that we will have very fond memories of away. And, and so I just, I think all of that will seep in. So, but I, you know, you're not wrong either, Greg. Like, I mean, um, but I, I think Cassius, um, next up from Anthony, if you could go back in time and watch any MSU game in person, which would it be? Ooh, 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 ooh. um, for me, it's the game of the century. MSU Notre Dame, the tie. I mean, oh, that's the one, right? That's the one. That's the that's the biggest game in Spartan Stadium history. Well, see, I might either pick the Big Ten Championship in 2015 or um, Trouble with Snap. Hmm. But you'd have to be in Michigan Stadium the whole time and deal don't with care. those people. Some of us were at the Big Ten title game in 2015, but, you know, that's fine that it, it's the Jeez. one that you would, you know, prefer. You know, that's the only game that you can think of. <sighs> Which uh, Great Lake is greatest is the next question. I mean, Superior is the answer, right? It's the only one I fear. It's in the name. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's Michigan, though, right? I mean, that's the nicest one. Let's be honest. Yeah. Erie is not the nicest one. Ontario is not the nicest one. Huron's not the nicest one. Superior is cold. I mean, Michigan's the nicest one. Um, yeah. But Superior next, is the greatest. Next up from Jer Bear. Besides Reed or Naylor, what, right, what, who is a wide receiver you think is poised for a breakout? Oh, I mean, it's, it's Trey no. Mosley. Yes. There you go. Trey Mosley. Uh, dude's already proven. He'll be great. Um. Next up from Jer Bear, what's the best way to show love for NICU nurses? NICU. Um, obviously, a Fraser's gift card is probably best, but if you don't <laughs> want to make them uh, travel that far, maybe recommending a mortgage through Brandon Sands. Mm. Um, and if not any of those things, then, you know, um, send them a case of something. I, I, you know, um, or just look them in the eye and say thank you. Yeah, uh, you know, just let them let them feel seen and appreciated. Yeah, they're... send them a note. Oh, a nice note. People love a nice note. Like a nice yeah. note, in some ways, goes further than. Did you see that Mel Tucker bought everyone dinner at Sparrow? I thought that sure was did. Nice. Uh, the man, he's the best. We keep talking about this. The man is trying to do what he can under the circumstances with what he's got, and. I think he's doing a fantastic job so far. Um, finally, from Jer Bear, which 
shout out again, Jer Bear. Very glad to, that things are going oh, well for you, sir. Yeah, by the way, we, we got to, yeah, Jer Bear and his wife just had their first uh, child, uh, Wyatt, and sincere congratulations to both of them. Mm-hmm. We, we should have been very, we should have actually mentioned that uh, at the top. Um, and I can't believe he gave us Twitter questions with all of that. So that's commitment. Yep. And I that, think maybe needs to be taken into account. That will benefit you, Jer Bear, in the, in the weekly rankings. Let me tell you when this comes out. Um, we, we consider circumstance. Uh, what in the world has happened in the last three days? The simulation just kept running, you say? Uh, I mean, <sighs> not a lot. This <laughs> happened over the last three days. You didn't miss much, Jer Bear. I think Jer Bear maybe realized that um, how small Twitter is. Uh, you had big things happening and a whole bunch of smallness happened that was made to feel big. So um, welcome back outside of the confines of Sparrow. Indeed. Um, yeah. Next up, CT and TC. You're ordering shots at your buddy's bachelor party. What do you order? Oh, it's tequila shots, right? It's always tequila shots. No. I, yes, it is. That's what I ordered at your bachelor party, I think. I don't remember all of it. Yeah, I remember <laughs> like falling asleep in the corner of somewhere in that hotel you were staying in. <laughs> we had to pour God. Mike Jones into an Uber at the end of the night. And by we, I mean another gentleman that was there that night. I had nothing to do with it because I was a mess. <laughs> um, it was a good night. Um I will probably go whiskey or for those who maybe uh, need something a little flavorful, uh, maybe like a Washington Apples or a Kamikaze. Sure. CTNTC also asks, Mike Jones, what is your least favorite MSU alternate basketball jersey? I was honestly, as much as I loved the the green and bronze um, football jerseys, I didn't love them as basketball jerseys. Yeah. That's fair. Um, there was a several years ago. It's like eight years ago now, maybe there was a alternate basketball Jersey. That was just the Spartan helm on the chest. And that sounds like something that I would like in principle, but in practice, I was never that impressed by it, but generally I've really liked our alternates. Script state is fantastic. The MAC is fantastic. Underrated criminally underrated. The MAC. Yes. Um, um, I, I will say the all lime neon green and it was terrible. I, I did not care for those. And I also was not a fan of the um, the camo ones either. Yeah. Um, next up from CTNTC, in hindsight was 2020 in if hindsight, pardon me, I'm sorry, if hindsight was 2020, should MSU slash Antonio have settled with Blackwell? I think we said yes. I think we questioned why a settlement I, hadn't happened. I, I think he's uh, he's trying to goad us into, um, or goad us rather, into uh, drinking per the drinking game about saying bad things about Blackwell, but restraining ourselves. Yeah. Because we have certainly been vindicated. <laughs> Waterfall, that uh, thing. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to take a drink to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to get this all over with. Um but the fact that it's gotten to where it has, uh, I can appreciate why they were sort of raising the middle finger the entire time. And this is maybe they thought an expensive win, but an easy one and worthwhile. 
I would be surprised if there weren't settlements offered to Blackwell and and his counsel. Um, clearly, oh, they for weren't, sure they weren't accepted. But I'm sure they offered him a year of salary as like a a severance of sort. Mm-hmm. That would have been a totally reasonable and respectable offer. Yeah, here's you know here's 120 thousand to go away. Oops, should have taken it, man. Yeah. Next up from CTNTC, do you own any non-MSU collegiate apparel? Do you? I'm wearing an Indiana University shirt right now because oh, that's, that's right. where my wife went to grad school. Uh, I also think I have a Georgetown shirt. And there is a McMaster University apparel in the house as well. I have a shirt that has Script Ohio on it. But I don't know that it is an Ohio State University um, T-shirt. Hmm. So there's that. Okay. Um, otherwise, no. Um, CTNTC also asks dropping the bag for or against. And for those who may not be up on the parlance of the times, dropping the bag means a bag full of cash to a recruit. <laughs> Kevin, are you for or against? I'm against. I would never stand such a thing. Against. I mean, I can appreciate why if you went to somewhere, say, the University of Michigan, you might culturally believe it's okay to drop yeah. a bag. It's, it's part of the, the fabric there. But, uh, <laughs> but we don't do it. Not our no. thing. Not I mean, my thing. Brandon List. So uh, I meant to give Brandon List a heads up. Devotees will recall that we were a little bit hard on him in his Twitter questions last week. We finished the podcast, we edited it, we submitted it, it broadcast out to all of your phones, and then I got a text message a couple hours later that read, rough. I got it rough (laughs) in the Twitter questions. But you know what, Brandon? You earned it. Yeah. Uh, But he's back. He's, you know regathered himself and very very good group of twitter questions this week beginning with which is the better feeling fight song after a big touchdown or locking arms for msu shadows all right so i'm gonna have an unpopular opinion here yeah msu shadows is garbage Ooh, ooh, so uh fight song after the touchdown huh yes big time big time how about you it is usually a fight song after the touchdown, but I will add, because you said that, there is a version of the f- Shadows that turns into the fight song that gets played at commencement that is very pretty and um, makes me messed up every time I hear it. Um, next up from Brandon List. Last week, you mentioned that the powerhouse Southern football programs can do, quote, special things to help their recruiting that Big Ten programs cannot. What are these special things? You said that, not me. So you say what the special things are. Well, some Big Ten programs do partake in some of these, like oversigning um, and being a little fast and loose with, uh, I don't know, you know, cars around and those types of things. Um, it, It just seems like recruiting in the South is not quite the same as recruiting in the Big Ten with the exception of certain programs that still manage to bring in a large number of uh, scholarship athletes each year. And then a portion of them transfer out or don't make it to campus. Um, I think that's what I was referring to last week. Um, Things are a little skeezy in the SEC. 
Next question from Brandon List is, do you video chat when you're recording the pod to look lovingly into each other's eyes? We couldn't. I'd be distracted. I'd just be like, God, this is all I could do for a podcasting partner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh. Oh. You're lucky we're a PG-13 pod. Um, <laughs> There, I, I can't come up with the retort for what your that was devastating. Physical, what your physical situation is right now, just hearing my voice. Um, <laughs> no, we do not. And actually, um, uh, you, when I asked you about it, said um, no. Terry Gross yeah. <laughs> from uh, Fresh Air, uh, Fresh Air, does not do visual while recording, and so we shouldn't either because Terry Terry Gross is the goat of interviews indeed right i mean absolutely her interviews are the best and so if she doesn't do it then we're not going to do it either yeah i think the uh for those that are interested i think her reasoning for that is that she doesn't want the guests to be distracted when she's doing other things like consulting her notes and, and other stuff and also she wants the medium is radio so she wants all communication to be auditory so the guest isn't like relying on hand gestures or other things to get their point across um they know that they have to you know speak everything and to they're having for their conversation so all all of the communication is verbal i think the the one place that it's it's tripped us up and not to give this question more time than it deserves is that not talking over each other took and, and we're not perfect at it, but has taken work to get better at. But now and we're, we're podcast spouses and, and we're fantastic at it. Mm-hmm. Final question from Brandon List. Faith Hill or Shania Twain? It's Shania Twain. Yeah, it's obviously Shania Twain. Neither yeah. of us were going to choose Faith Hill. Um, <laughs> Next question. From Melinda Jones. If you could listen to one song for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ooh, I had. Oh, wait. Obviously, the answer. We both know the answer. Here's the oh. answer. That's it. Move on. Done. Move on. We did it. All right. Uh, John Hubbard, up next. Uh, he asks a question graphically. S- speaking his, of this being radio and how everything has to be verbal. John, this is not going to bode well for you. No, this is fantastic. Using visual aids. Uh, who was it? Nate C. that asks uh, how to gain points in the competition. If you are... Making memes and giving us visual aids, that's going to bode well for you. Oh, the you f- think so? Making yes. us explain it? Uh, so the first question is... <laughs> A classic philosophical dilemma. Yes, it is one of those dilemmas. You, A train is going down the tracks, and it's going to hit a group of people. In this case, labeled your college roommates. Or you're standing there with your hand on a lever, and you have the option of changing the train from that track onto an alternate track. And on that alternate track is a hogtied Drew Stanton. So you have the 
the dilemma. Do you let the train continue and hit what appear to be five of your college roommates? Or do you pull the lever and make the train divert and hit who we've now told the whole podcast and the whole listening, <laughs> can't read, can't write, listening public is our Papa Bear, Drew Stanton. So what do you do in this great. situation? Am I living on on Delta Street at the time? Uh, yes. Oh. We'll go college roommates. So I'm on the tracks for you and you're on the tracks for me. Uh, well, Greg, A, you've insulted me once and, uh, and insulted me last week. So, and, and let's be honest, we had a wall of Drew Stanton. We've been dancing around that, but now everyone knows. Yes, we did have a And it was... Glorious. He, he, he was eternal hope. I'm sorry, Kevin. You gotta die. Yeah, that was gonna be my answer to the question. I would think that my roommates would understand how important <laughs> Yes, <it was>. we would. <laughs> I would lay down on the track just for that. It's true. It's true. Yeah. It's also worth noting that you have to divert the train to hit Drew, which I'm not willing to do. So... <laughs> Um, next up from John Hubbard, if you could choose to have hands for feet, would you? Uh, no, I would. Feet are gross. If I could just have hands instead. That's a very Dwight answer. Um, since the WWE is now the only sports and entertainment event still going, should Vince McMahon unleash his wrestlers to suplex coronavirus instead of each other and thus save humanity? I have bad news for you, John, about the, uh, the veracity of wrestling. (laughs) No. <laughs> no. Also, yeah. I I would think more that Vince McMahon would do everything to make it so that WWE is the only sports on TV. In <laughs> fact, I'm on board with the uh it, let's start a whole new conspiracy theory that Vince McMahon invented coronavirus in in North Carolina so that WWE would be the only thing on TV. Sure. Um, sure. Next up from John Hubbard, if you could be the owner of a minor league baseball team, where would it be located and what would the team name be? What would be the mascot? Oh, um, this is a three parter. So I guess I'm going, um, (laughs) uh, I'm going to go with, uh, the Sacramento Sacks. And uh, it's just going to be bull's testicles. Okay. Um, way back in the day, there was a Comedy Central show called The Upright Citizens Brigade based off of the comedy troupe, um, the improv comedy troupe. And at the end of each season of The Upright Citizens Brigade, they had this show where all of the like long, all of the like running jokes came to a conclusion. And one of those seasons was about a minor league uh like powerball team or something thunderball or something like that um it's one of the funniest single television episodes i've ever seen and if i had the opportunity i would just do everything in my power to make all of that happen um that's my answer also look up upright citizens upright citizens brigade pro thunderball and watch that. That's my recommendation for today. Very niche. Um, next up, do you ever see the Block S making comeback as an MSU logo? I, I guess I'm curious if does he mean on the field slash court or does he mean 
I think he means as the primary. And I think the answer is no. And I would agree. And I think that's for good reason. Yeah. The Spartan helm is more unique and iconic. Better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for what it's worth, having lived in Pennsylvania, the, you have to, you will see the block S um, and you have to pay attention to what colors they're rocking because it's oftentimes those uh, ass canoes from uh, uh, from Penn State who Indeed. are rocking them. Uh, last up is Raymond Chains. First question, Taiwanese professional baseball with robot fans, <laughs> Belarusian soccer, or what Afghan or that Afghani sport where men on horseback try to capture a dead goat? What's your pleasure? Oh, obviously this Afghani sport with the men on horseback <laughs> and the goat. It that reminds me of um, there was a show called Man Tracker, where some like Canadian cowboy who was good at tracking would be like a, a half mile from somebody, and they would a team of people, and they'd shoot up a flare. And the team of people would know where the finish line was, but he he didn't, and he had to track them on horseback mm. and lasso them to win. It was fantastic. Man Tracker. Man Tracker. Okay, we'll watch that too. Then uh, Raymond asks, did you read about Jim Harbaugh's inspirational interview? We covered that. Uh, then he asks, what are you binge watching? So, Raymond, it, it feels like you haven't been listening to the show, I gotta be honest. Um <laughs> Because I have been re-watching The Wire, and then as a nightcap, I top it off with a little 30 Rock. So oh. I've been doing some re-watching, because um, I just felt like I needed to give some attention to the classics. And honestly, best decisions I've ever made. The answer, 30 Rock is the most rewatchable show. Because um, well, they use capitalism as a punching bag. Like, the show is so well-written. And uh, I could I could go on. This is not a 30 Rock podcast, though. It could be. We could transition to that uh, now that XFL is out. Uh, <laughs> next up from Raymond Chains, Spotlight Radio announced that ESPN was having a, quote, horse shooting contest. <laughs> Would you like to join me in publicly disavowing equine hunting, <laughs> equine hunting for sport? All right, Raymond, this is it, it. Hats off on this is a very funny question. I mean, I, I legitimately had to Google <laughs> ESPN horse shooting to make sure they weren't hunting horses. Is this, uh, it's like plausible that this could be happening. I mean, I was like, well, we don't have any sports. Maybe they contracted. <laughs> How desperate some... are they really? <laughs> I, I didn't know there was a game of horse happening on television. On television. Um, so you got me and it was funny, but I do want to let you know, Raymond spotlight radio is uh, where your ears go to die. And then uh, can't read, can't write is where your ears go to find eternal life. So just tune that nonsense out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next up from Raymond. Uh, do you think your average big league baseball player has mixed feelings about the season getting canceled? I mean, they're still rich and not on the road every single day. So you seem to think, Kevin, that they would be thankful for the time to be on the road. I agree. They're still inexplicably rich. Like baseball has the other than the nhl the worst numbers right yeah but the contracts are out of control because there's yeah because the volume they make it up in the volume yeah i guess that's true the volume yeah but um yeah i i think they're fine uh though i i assume they're all competitors and would like to be out playing the game again 
I just don't think they want to be cooped up in a hotel room, <laughs> trotted out for like a performance, uh, just to be brought back into the hotel room. The double header. Uh, next. Uh, oh, oh, this one's about me. You want to read it? Yeah. Uh, can you have a segment entitled One Minute of Hate where Grucky goes on an angry tirade about something? I'm a little bit worried about my uh, about if I've got the t- the uh, the endurance to do a full minute. But uh, <laughs> I will. Uh, let's do it. Uh, I will do a minute of hate. Let's figure out what the segment is going to be for next week. And we'll put 60 seconds on the clock and, and we'll uh, I'll sound off. I, I do off. think. I think that's funny that he's proposing segments when a buddy texted me, said, how is it that there are no sports going on and your show got longer? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To that end, which is a better way to cope with quarantine, eating to relieve boredom or drinking until passing out? Well, I know my answer. It's drinking until passing out. I haven't passed out from drinking quarantine, but um, eating. Come on, man. Eating is not really my thing. Drinking, I prefer that. Um, finally. You, you know, Kevin, just as an aside, what we should do is we should find a way to play some Zoom beer pong. Mm, okay. Just, just put the camera, maybe maybe two cameras. We'll join on the phone and have the computer and, uh, and, and do it that way. Okay, yeah. You'll have your set and then I'll have my set and we'll just compete. And, and then we'll be able to see each other's face, yeah. Oh, okay. That way I can bring out the butter knife. Um, <laughs> no one gets that reference. <laughs> finally. <don't> need to. <laughs> finally, from Raymond James, last question of the week. Can we agree that anyone who self-describes as, quote, woke is an insufferable ass? <laughs> I, think, I think what's important about Raymond's question is self-describes and strong agree. Um, I also listened to Couch in the Rib today, and... Uh, the Rube called couch woke several times. And I was also annoyed by the frequency of it. I try. So this isn't funny or hilarious. I try not to get upset when people irritate me in an, you know, where the ends are to better society. Um, even though it is like very annoying sometimes. I think that it's the self-importance of woke. Yeah. Self-describing is a little... But being woke is not a bad thing. No. Self-describing is self-important. Or if it's a big part of your identity, maybe we could tone that down a little bit. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That is to say, have a personality. Um, In addition to the wokeness. Woke as an element of your personality is fantastic woke as the entirety of your personality maybe is we insufferable should reevaluate things a little bit <laughs> have a passion you know recognize that you're imperfect and recognize that this is two white men talking on a podcast <laughs> one another um that's my woke moment to end the podcast um sure. was there anything else that you wanted to discuss this week mike jones uh yes one last thing um kevin Go green. Go white, Michael.